three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome to another episode of the Mopcast. Today is a very special episode. It is impromptu. I am doing it with some of my friends here from school. And today is the last day of school because, well, suddenly we received information at lunchtime that uh, a student from another IB school contracted COVID. Now, every single IB school in our district is closing down, even though it's it, it's in a, another town entirely. So here we are, it's the last day of school. Nobody expected it. Why don't you guys all on your phones? You you have me to Google more that. We <laughs> just Google more So here we have Christine. Hello, Christine. Hello. Hello. Hi guys. I guess for now I'm Kristen, so it's a K K K K K club. That's one too many Okay, K K K club. Yeah. Yeah. But we are not okay, we have a Mexican here. We have a Chinese here, a Taiwanese here, and a Korean here. So we are the opposite of KKK. We are like the racially diverse KKK. Wait, okay, let's begin with introductions. Yeah. Oh, I am recording. Okay, so we have to think about how we met each other. Okay. So, how should we do this? I guess you I'll start, I'll just go in a circle. Okay. Okay. So, Christy. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, okay, how did we meet? We met because I used to stay on the afternoons, like in grade 11, in the library. And then, do you remember once I was talking with Satori and you were with Emmy and Satori, and then I just came across you and we started talking about Nietzsche. Oh, you yeah, that me? one time after yeah. class. Um, yes, I, I remember that. Satori was there. Emmy left early. Also, like, Okay, never mind. But we were talking about literature and philosophy. We started talking about Nietzsche because you read Nietzsche in, yeah. in, uh, in uh, Spanish. Yeah. So, and we both love that spoke bizarre Fustra. Oh, beautifully. Yeah. So, and then we started vibing after that. And now exactly. you, you work on the media team for Spartacon. And yeah, it's been a vibe. We walk home together sometimes. And then we talk about philosophy and like. Politics. We talk about everything exactly. because uh, Christine has a very interesting perspective on things, as she is from a different country, and I just love hearing about her experience. So, yeah, you have made my intellectual high school life better. Yeah, a great achievement. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we move on to Christine. Oh my God, Christine didn't like me until grade eleven. That is false. You really? It's not like I didn't like it. Oh, sorry. I worry that the audience is not good. I worry that it is Okay, so she didn't care about me because I would talk to her and then I would ramble on and on about communism or something, and she just wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't. She would just grunt. She'd be like. I was going to remember our first time meeting. I don't remember the communist conversation. I think you two met through me. So it's kind of hard to talk about how you met Christine without talking about how you met me. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. I actually know that's not true. I first knew the existence of Justin through when my older sister was talking about how you you met such an interesting girl in month, and then he he first talked, he rambled on and on about you to me. Really? And was, oh. And I was like, interesting. Ooh. Another person she cares, but that's not much. And then, <laughs> ironically, when I came to school, you talked to me, and then I met you. And um, my first impression that I got from you is when I really started looking at this person. It was first interesting, but the second transition to this person being oh, there's a very interesting person on um, you know gallery of like. With <laughs> <laughs> when was this? Grade ten. Transition to grade ten. Okay, now what do you think about me? Okay. <laughs> You're still an interesting person. I'm never gonna change. Yeah. Okay. So this is my first time where I could meet a person where I was able to talk about a variety of things that I wasn't able to talk about. Mm -hmm, thank you. I deeply enjoy our conversations because Christina and I operate on a similar wavelength in that the occult, the dark side of humanity, really interests us. And yeah, so we have very interesting conversations. So that's how we met. And now she likes me. Suddenly, in grade 11, out of the blue, before she didn't interact with me at all, but one day in the math class, I remember I said something to you and you were so ecstatic in your response. I was so scared. I thought you were on some kind of drugs. So ever since then, she's been very happy to be around me or so, I mean, that, that's how she perceives to be. And yeah. So next we have Kelly over here. Hello, I met Kelly in grade. Okay, we were trying to talk about this on the first podcast. Yeah, we didn't. We, I didn't even introduce myself on this podcast. I was just like, okay. And <laughs> then we just talk for the rest of it. Yeah. So uh, we met, she said we met in grade seven. I guess I'm going to take her by her word. We did. Okay. Wait, we did argue about this to begin with. Yeah. So I remember you the very first time because you were very like, like when I first saw you, I thought you were a boy. You know, like that's that was my first perception of you, and I just thought you were like a really weird and like free kid, kind of. Because we were in creative writing, summer school creative writing, and like whenever we had like a prompt or like a, like a sort of scenario we were supposed to write it out, you always had like the hottest take or like the the very like <laughs> interesting, borderline controversial like scenarios that you wanted to write about. So you know that was that was a pretty good song. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember interacting with you at all, which probably meant that you were a normie back then. But well, I didn't want to associate with you know, but we weren't, we weren't even in the same table, so like, oh. but I wouldn't call that as like my first, like, like my first introduction to you, because we didn't, like, I didn't really see that friend that you were, like, I just knew what we were doing. So I don't really know if you can count that. But like, you know, because like, you know, people in summer school come and go, right? So you're not like, oh, I have to make lifelong friends and stuff. Yeah. Not really how you, how you think. But I remember, first time I saw you, uh, you were with Rose, grade nine. We were in the same French class. And I think we just randomly, like, we just hit it off. And... Yeah. I mean, we kind of clicked, but on a very, like, straddle level at first. I don't think it was until end of grade 10 when we got to know each other on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. It was through the influence of other people, but when I really started looking at you and thinking, considering you as a friend was um, 
grade 11 when I start when I start talking to you in I believe literature class and in management. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, we sat together in literature and then like you you realized that I wasn't stupid. Yeah. But then a lot of times it, it would that would be questionable in like grade nine, like grade nine. <laughs> and intentionally you would like act stupid. I mean I I that's not because I'm yeah. I don't know why you do that, but yeah. Honestly, when you're at that age, you're insecure, and if you don't have anything else to show for, you just act stupid. At least you're a clown, and you can make people laugh. Uh, I guess that was my attitude back then. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? I think it's good to know where we're going. That's what's important. We're so present. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, Chrissy, how, how, we how, you, how did you meet? Oh, no, but we all, we all yeah. said how we met Chrissy, so Chrissy, like, Basically shit. Yeah, no, I guess yeah. it's more so impression. Yeah. Yeah. My, oh, did I give my impression? Did I didn't give my impression to the beginning. I just, did I give my impression? I remember. Uh, you kind of did for me. Yeah, you. My impression of you was just like, chill kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if you think. But like, yeah, it was, it was chill. I think it was like one of the first times that I like probably felt like very like comfortable I guess like I didn't feel like I could put on like an, like an alternate persona just to like rise to the social occasion like I was allowed to say what I want and like she's capable of adapting to fly in that person so you know built up and for Christy I think it was like my first impression of you was very like striking almost because I, I don't think I've ever met someone that's like incredibly open and like bubbly you, know? you seem like like keep optimistic I feel like, and that's a, that's a rarity nowadays. So, you know, I look up to that kind of character. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Insert transition because audio was incomprehensible. For business, I think, I don't feel that, like, of course I met you in grade seven, eight grade, but I just thought you were a weird kid to begin with. But like meeting you again in grade nine and 10, I feel like you kind of like, to me, signifies kind of the people who are like, like the artist persona, kind of. Which makes sense why you're doing a podcast now and like being some sort of media personality, regardless of where this ends up. But like, I think you always strike me as someone who, like, like I don't know. This sounds kind of kind of cheesy or like over the top, but like has the potential to change the world because you're overly like emotional and like crazy kind of. I'm very like, like when you have a goal, you don't care if you don't care about what you have, what things lie ahead of you, and you just jump ahead, and that gap is just closed right away. I feel like in some ways, are you about to cry? <laughs> I'm not talking. <laughs> I feel like in some ways that's like it's only a, a natural talent, I guess, in a way that can move up in the world. So that was that was pretty nice. Watch me. Okay. I am Can we do the questions now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you want to do? Do you want to do the moral dilemmas first, or do you guys want to? The questions. I want to do the questions. Warm up, then we can talk about Okay. Okay. Who wants to go? Oh, I actually do this. Everybody goes. Let's go. Everybody's going to answer. Well, the question is this for you to pick. Yeah, we can go clap. That's not stupid. Whatever. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Insert transition because audio was incomprehensible. One eternity later.
Yeah. Yeah. Boys and girls are slower than girls, but once they get older, I'm sure you'll be able to find something. What is inevitable? Biological proven that even within child development, um, female trials just um, develop faster in the trees. And I think, I feel like IB boys have a more specific condition in that, like, if you, like, the desire to, like, to pursue, like, a stronger academic like portfolio kind of that's why you join IB, right? I don't think that decision a lot of the parents one made by themselves. Or like they understood that decision in an abstract fashion. Like I, I think in some ways they're more so controlled by their parents and in some ways that limits their independence. Um, so you're saying there's a certain type of yeah. And it seems more prevalent among IB boys than regular boys. Because I feel like regular boys should have a job. Or like part time sometimes in some ways they're probably more mature than people. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean they have a decent never mind. I was gonna say they have a decent work ethic, I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they're playing like Minecraft during class. But I think they're more developed as depends on who you're talking about too. But like the regular stream and more people. So I guess very general. I mean the IB boys are pretty smart though, but they they tend to be very much so contrarian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is usually a sign mm-hmm. of a I don't know, because women, we have estrogen, it makes us feel whole, it makes us feel reflective. You're kind of in this Buddhist and death stage. <laughs> true, true. It gives a more catastrophic life. Yeah, it's a lot more like, like aggressive, kind of. Yes. I'm gonna pick the next question. So, least favorite class and why? Least favorite class? Yeah, you know there's classes that I find harder and less, but that isn't that's not the same thing as like whether or not favorite. Hmm. I mean, you can divide it up into like favorite teachers and favorite content and like experience. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's really hard to like favorite teacher like hands down Miss Kim. There's no one better than Kim. I mm-hmm. love Miss Kim so much. She's like a she's like even like really like ten years older than me. She's like a mother. Yeah, she's like like. Like feeling here is a little bit. I love this kids. Classes are so fun. If it if it were any other teacher teaching friends, I would literally cry every day. But because it's her, it makes it so much more enjoyable. But like learning stuff, least favorite, I would probably. I mean, like the thing is, if I don't like it, I would have at least did it in summer school and just or just didn't take it at all. So like biology to me is like Bleh. like I'm never gonna do biology. I can't hate it. So I didn't do that. But like among the classes that I loved. I might say that maybe that I enjoy the least, just because I'm not really interested in sciences. So to me, like I don't care about the hydrogen emission spectrum. <laughs> you know, like that was that's my take. Okay. It always me that. Yes. Okay. Um, favorite teacher, Miss Davies and Mr. Kostopoulos. Mm-hmm. They were the best all throughout high school. I think. Oh, by the way, as a preface, I was in the bathroom taking a shit the other day, and there's these grade nine girls out there talking about how bad the school staff were, like they didn't care, and it broke my heart that they that that's their experience because I experienced the complete opposite at Art Mountain. Mm-hmm. Our staff go above and beyond yeah, to help yeah, you sure. if you reach out. If you if you have that conversation with them, if you're just not going to show up to school and just look sad and be hungover during their class, they don't know how to help you. They don't know what the problem is. But um, yeah, so I've been immensely grateful. I I only had a great teacher. I only had one bad teacher. Okay, I was a history teacher. Oh my god, I hated her. But other than that, 
but Miss Davies and uh, Mr. Kostopoulos, they stand out on top in terms of, I really enjoyed their classes, yeah. right? And we vibe really well. We operate on the same wavelength, Miss Davies and I. But in terms of the teachers that helped me the most, I really appreciated Miss Shen, the Chinese teacher. Mm -hmm. Even though she got kicked out in the end, because the kids really didn't like her, they filed so many complaints. Man, she was so helpful. She was so, she's such a, she's a kindred spirit. And Mrs. Bennett, Mrs. Bennett uh, helped me out a lot mm -hmm. uh, during my delinquent days. How did you feel about um, Miss, uh, what was her name? The Harry Ten teacher. Oh, dude, she's a complete snake. Okay. Really? Yeah. Dude, she, I don't know, she, she has some sort of like, range perspective uh and she totally like uh she came to 180 all the time she's completely unpredictable one moment she's calling me a superstar and the next moment she's like like your, your kid is like a bad kid mm -hmm. to my mom mm -hmm. so i don't know I, I never really liked her she always had that psychopathic game she, she lacked emotions in her eyes so mm -hmm. I, I never really liked her and in terms of context, wait, what? You're <laughs> talking Who are you talking about? Oh, her name. She's the PE teacher with her bus coat. Oh, wait, oh, no. Oh, not her. Oh, I thought you were talking about the uh, house? No, the the, the the daughter of the old grandma, you say. Oh, Miss LaCroix. You're talking about Miss LaCroix? Yeah. I'm just so scared. I was oh, so kind. Dude, okay, no, yeah, Miss Elliot, I really like Miss Elliot. She was yeah. really nice to me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how Miss Lockhart is. Um, I guess the only thing that was difficult is biology because I really, really didn't like the, the vibe of the class. Mm -hmm. Not the teacher, Miss Okubaba was fine, but the vibe of, of the class. It was just, I don't like it. And favorite experience? Huh. I think the people made it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Props for you guys. Okay, proceed. Least favorite class and why? I would go down to say TOK. It was so horrible. What vision did you have? Miss Manier. <laughs> she needs to offer that class. It was like, oh man, no, here we go again. Mm -hmm. TOK. I don't know, I just feel like TOK is such an interesting subject if you know how to approach it. But putting us TED Talks every for every class and making us solve questionnaires and like things related to the TED Talks we saw made like all the people in my class I knew despise TOK. You have so much work. Yeah, like, and I feel like if you know how to conduct the TOK class, it's really enjoyable. But the way that, like, at least, you know, my teacher approached it was like so not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I honestly would say my least favorite class is biology class, not because of the people in it, but because of the aura that I give and the atmosphere and the. Um, environment that I get surrounded with in, the, in a location where essentially I was supposed to get educated and learn, right? I feel like um, the aura there was just so always gloomy and grim and everybody was just always so down and nobody was like energetic so then it also like dragged me down like, as well for me to just be like grim and like you know gloomy and whenever I go into the class I might just gonna be like learning. And, I think in some way it kind of did like you know distract me to 
enjoy this class. Of individual people there to talk to them, they're they're all like, you know good individuals. Mm -hmm. But the vibe of the class that was in like biology specifically was a little bit too um, different. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's why I, I concur, even though I wouldn't do that. Okay, first thing is your your time to choose one. Okay. People are messing up your guys' names. Because we're in the KKK. KKK. Okay, hold on. Do you want me to pick one? No, no. Well, yeah, yeah, pick one for me. Okay. So, for our fifth thing, if there was a choice to reset your life, would you? Oh. Hold on, wait, sorry. Okay, so I had to push back something. Okay, so is there a choice to, of what I've reached my life? But if I have the knowledge that I do now, then yes. But if I'm just going to restart, then no. Because it's almost as if I have died in a way. Because, okay, this is something that I contemplate with, because it's kind of scary to me how different you perceive the world if you just forget even one piece of information, right? It's almost like you're a completely different person. Mm -hmm. So that's why whenever I wake up in the morning, I feel as though I have gone through a little, like the 50th more, like, <laughs> yeah. So. Because that that me from the past has a different set of experiences than the me in the now. It's almost like every single moment you become a different person. It's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't want to go back in the past because the me now would be dead. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about it, Christine? I don't know. I just feel like it's a very conflicting thing. It's like, I, I am like, I don't know. I just feel like resetting your life. Like yesterday, I was talking with my sister, and then we were talking about all these experiences that I got to live back in Mexico. That growing up in Canada, I don't feel like you can get. And it's like I wouldn't reset all the experiences like that because I feel like that, like as Kristen said make you who you are like you remove even one small chunk of that like you're a completely different person so i wouldn't like <laughs> i feel like no like it would change who i am and how i perceive the the world of things like how i perceive the world and how i operate so i wouldn't it really cares. But as for now, as my current status of living, do I have what I reset my life? Maybe. <laughs> that, um, not because I got a place to lose myself, but in the sense that I, I think I'll be able to feel with my own self to be more optimistic and to experience more variety of things in the chances I didn't get to have um, because of the views I had in the past. You look like you have short hair from this angle. <laughs> right? Like it doesn't look like you have like a... Mm -hmm. Okay, you? For me, you reset my life. First of all, I think, like, I'm the kind of person who is like, like, I, 
I play the cards that I get and I'm happy with them because I learned to love them. So I feel like in some ways it's hard for me to part with the experiences that I have because I feel like it's like, this is who I am and I learned to appreciate every single piece of it. So to me, it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to reset things over. Like, but like if you consider the thing where you said like, oh, knowing what I know now, would I want to go back? I don't know, I probably, I don't think I will. Just because I like, I don't want anything to like potentially change. But I want life for me to be as it is. Probably because I live a really privileged life. And like for a really happy one too. Like I have good friends, good family, good school system, whatever. So like to me it's like, you know. Also you have to go through elementary school again and I'm not Oh, as a baby. That was just kind of time or something. Oh, you go all the way. Oh, I'm dead. No, definitely not. I'm not doing life again, bro. This is already <laughs> Me as a baby is talking about me, child. Like, I wouldn't even be able to pronounce it. I'm like, I don't want to try. Yeah. I, I just be stuck in this immobile body for a couple of years. I'm never dressed. I'm never going to do that too bad. I'll be a kid, a genius. Like, oh my god. This kid knows how to do pre-calculus. <laughs> <laughs> how to do calculus. Oh no, I'm not integral country, but it's again. Yeah. Would you rather not know about a cruel part of the world and live happily or know the truth and be miserably for your whole life? I would say, honestly, not know about the <laughs> right, right. I know this is a tough one because like I like knowledge and it's like as I see it with philosophy and like I feel like Kristen can relate to and like you guys can relate to as well like by pursuing you know like a very academic intensive program but I feel like sometimes the more you know it's like the least certain you feel towards life mm -hmm. it's like if all of this is so complex, like in geo, I don't know if, if that's the vibe that you guys got, but like, <laughs> for example, knowing all the powers transnational corporations that I was like overwhelmed by mm -hmm. all of this information being like thrown at us, really. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's where I stand sometimes, but I don't want to say that I'm biased towards that side like I would say that I'm a little bit on the middle with this question like I couldn't give a proper answer what the hmm? you did the downstairs kind of oh they triggered fire alarm oh just give it you have to tell me the truth wouldn't really conceive to be miserable but um if I really had to choose I probably would choose to know the truth because it's just my nature I think as a human being I'm just a creature of period and I feel like in the way it's Anyway, like, I was so pursuing the knowledge because of how history I think I would like to understand the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, and definitely it was um, emotionally would probably deplete me more, but I think it definitely would be able to like give me um, more in-depth connection with this world, if anything. Mm -hmm. I would hate to just be living in the world, not knowing anything, and then not be able to answer my curiosities. I think that would be just literally a point of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn, son. <laughs> <laughs>
So rather not know about a cool part of the world and live happy or truth and live miserably for your own life. I think it is inevitable for me to choose know the truth and live miserably. Because I feel like that's, that is the very, almost like the core of what growing up means. It means being kind of like exposed to pain and learning how to deal with it and find it beautiful eventually. Because I feel like as we grow older, there's only more burden to carry, you know? That's just what growing up is. But like, would I want to constantly live in a state of adolescence? Like, of course not. I think like, there's things to be in when, and I think I would rather, <laughs> I would rather, I would rather know the truth all, like all the time. I think it's like, yeah, not only like about curiosity, but just like overall, you know, I'd rather be exposed to things because that's what living is. I feel like that's my stance on it. No, you don't need to stand up because you're right. You're telling me to lean back. It's going to feel like something you're eating. It's going to feel like eating, eating something. And then yeah. you can eat it. It's chill. You can eat it tonight. Like, you feel like you're, anyways, you feel close to the, anyway. So, okay, okay my turn, right? Yeah. Uh, I was going to stand the side of the Okay, so she doesn't like stairs. So, I don't think this is the right analysis. Like, this is the right correlation happy and uh and ignorant and m miserable and uh knowing the truth mm -hmm. because i think to a large extent good can only exist in relationship to the existence of evil mm -hmm. right why would you be good if you don't know the consequences of being evil if why would you pursue happiness if you don't know the consequences of sadness it is precisely because I've educated myself in the evils of this universe that I can say with confidence that, you know what, look around me. Most things are good and they're really, really damn good. And that gives me a lot of faith mm -hmm. in humanity and the world, you know? I mean, I, can, I feel like the author of that specific question, we could tell their overall pessimism towards life, <laughs> just like from the way they phrase the question. But somehow truth is equated to this. Pain, you know, yeah. as if, as if this entire world consists of more evil than it does good, you know? But I guess I want to, yeah, I guess I don't want to be so desensitized to evil to a point where, well, yeah, I'm, I'm desensitized. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's, the, that's the thing because even though I am so, so passionate about, I wouldn't say passionate, but the, the human psychology intrigues me, especially the shadow of the personality. Um, human sexuality, but the more that I learn about it, the more that I feel as though I'm being desensitized. Because if somebody uh, confesses to me that oh, I, I killed someone or they committed a crime, my first instinct is to place a moral judgment upon their actions, to rather inquire upon what drove them to do what they did, you know? It is more so curiosity. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's not so good of a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been trying to like, regain my sense of humanity because like from the period of time where I was so like knee deep, like shoulders deep in intellectual uh, pursuits. Yeah. Like we call it fudaizu, right? Yeah. Well, where you read too much, you just exist in the world of uh, literature and fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literature. Fudaizu is like 
Who is writing a book and it died to like, what is that? Like, Dumbo. <laughs> okay, so what's next? Is it my turn to pick? Did you just pick or was that me who picked? No, it was it was me who picked? Okay, so it's I'm just trying to say it's going to take a while. Uh, um, yeah. Your life's colliding pencil. Oh, my God. My life's guiding pencil. Um, it really depends on like what you mean by like life's guiding pencil. It's in the sense to um, bring more motivation to life, to live on more academic principles. I feel like I have multiple principles for different parts of the life. Yeah. So, uh, in that sense of the thing, I guess I'll I'll just talk I'll just talk about how it what what are the principles in life to live on most like um some of my principles with consist of I I think I'd say I'm pretty much a very, um pretty systematic person. Mm-hmm. I'd say I don't just like live off like YOLO my life and just live what I want to do. Um even though there there are things that I really do want to do. I'll still in some ways limit myself and just be realistic about it and kind of, you know, prevent myself from doing it. pretty strict with myself. There's like certain things where, where I don't want, like they don't want to do, uh-huh. don't want myself to do. And there's certain things like I must abide by. He's a very pragmatic person. Yeah. For me, I I don't know if it's because that's such a, like, there's so many things that I do in life that I feel like self-reflection to talk right. about. But I feel like uh, self-reflection is probably one of the core things that I feel like everybody should do. It's so important to constantly vibe-check yourself and, like, it's, like, almost like a mental checkup, and it allows you to grow so much faster and appreciate life so much more. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it short. Self-reflection. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. How about you? I don't really think there has been a guiding, guiding principle to all throughout my life, rather than the fact that I've always kept moving. I refuse to stay stagnant in life. And uh, whether it means going down to catch the momentum to go up or just running uphills for a prolonged period of time, I've always kept moving. And I think that rapid growth is something that I'm gonna follow for a while until you know I, I've reached a point maybe when I retire when I, I can just be at peace with what I've achieved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I just want to keep exploring all the different possibilities of my existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an explorer. I'm an artist. I create. What's your what's your Meyer Briggs personality test type? Uh, I'm the architect. I told oh. you I'm the architect. I'm forgetting. I too many people know it. I am the champion. Well, which the color is it? Uh, green. Green? Is it green? Yeah. ENPF. ENPF. Does that mean you're the, the introvert? You're an introvert? No, it's no, just yeah. 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 There's no way you're green. Yeah. No, you're serious. There's always, in all colors, there's two introverts. But the two extroverts is ENFJ and ENFP. Because I don't think those are the two that I vary between in. And then the other two are introverts in green, so there's no way that's green. I think the This is the second point in the song. ENFP, right? Yeah, ENFP, which is one. Oh, campaigner. Oh, campaigner. Princeton used to be campaigner. I definitely used to be a campaigner. The most recent one, the most recent test I did, I got protagonist ENFJ. 
I got that once a long time ago. Sometimes I get uh, the commander, I think. But then like that suits me. I feel like the commander. Yeah. I think you that's The only difference is in that. Yeah, the only difference is the commander is an extrovert and the, it's ENTJ, I think. It was also surprising that you weren't a debater. Yeah. No, I was thinking you would probably be the debater. That seems very much like No, because I'm not necessarily a contrarian. I'm not just going to disagree for the sake of disagreeing. Right. But it's like... <laughs> I mean, like, like, you're not really an introvert, I feel like. No. Right? So there's no way you're supposed to be no, but I, I'm literally at 53%. Oh. Uh, I, I can slightly lean in I'm an ambassador. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, I don't think those things are entirely true. Mm -hmm. They say yeah. something that really resonates with you, and then they say something that doesn't. For yeah. Exactly. I don't think I'm completely clueless in romance. Huh? You know, for art. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. things you're completely clueless. Well, that's why you're not an architect. Oh, no, no. But like, you're not really. You feel like when you're introverted, introverted and crippled, it's a very different thing than being extroverted. That's how I see it. Yeah. I don't know enough about the Maya Briggs thing. Sorry, this this high hand is way too long. But I don't know enough about the Maya Briggs stuff to comment on. Yeah. E is for extrovert or introvert. And then I think the is for like creative or something. No, intuitive. Intuitive, yeah. Intuition. Intuitive or... Or like systematic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had it. I mean... I don't know, dude. Because I'm clueless with people, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not like I, I can't read soul cues. Mm -hmm. So, well, what are you, Christine? Oh. Yes. What are you? I'm, I'm pretending. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're similar to mine. Then. Yeah, I used to get per campaigner. Yeah. But I, I bounce between the two. Yeah. Dude, listen, I told this squad that I was a campaigner, and you know what she still told me? She was like, that's the most common personality type. Like, girl, I'm a little Is that the most common personality type? No, 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 no. Campaigner. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. Sure, um, it's not. So, things in purple, the usual consensus of like one to two percent. Uh, all the green side consensus of like three to like five percent. The uh light bluish. Those colors are um, consists of like um, 20 percent, and the rest is like also well, yellow people. Are yellow people are the most. I don't have any. But then, like, there is really no hierarchy in personality. No, like, it's, exactly. it's all different. Yeah. Mm. It's just that if there's too many me, the world will go to shit. Insert transition because audio was incomprehensible. He was being disrespectful, let's be honest. But anyway. I mean, I feel like that action to some extent is kind of weird though. Cause like, like how would you justify it if that was your behavior? Like if I saw you during the podcast and you were doing something like on your phone or whatever and I just grabbed your phone and I just like threw it in the garbage. Like, you know? Yeah. Or it should be more like, in, like if I were an authority, like an authority mm -hmm. teacher, yes. but it's, it's us. Even if it's not good like you put time effort and like a lot of like i don't know you put your time and your effort into that and i feel like it's kind of like so, but like, what i found weird was that it's not like she was you know completely disregarding that person's effort or anything he was still listening he was multitasking in the sense that 
He was also listening, but he was also, and it was related to biology. So yeah, he was doing I it, I find it weird that it was your class, it was your concept that he was creating um, a study. She, she doesn't have kids. Okay, she doesn't have, <laughs> she doesn't have the empathy and patience. Uh, for that one, that was just a little bit too, that was just like a, a step back, it was like a whoa moment for me. Yeah, yeah. It was like a whoa, there's a hold on a second. It's like a, Okay, now that, now that you talked about it like this, I understand because remember when I got kicked out of, uh, well, I didn't get kicked out of world history. I, I chose to leave because because it was so boring, okay? I was acing that class, so I was reading because my God, these were a bunch of like, like just, okay, let's not say that. Okay, they're regular, but no, but it is a classroom dynamic and then I don't care generally towards the content that they're being taught. Yeah, whenever we, we were talking about the Holocaust, they were like, oh yeah, that's so sad. You know, right? I'm so sad too. I'm like, yeah, it's sad. And then like, that's the death of their conversation. So I'm just here reading, uh, you know, my, my freaking, I was reading, it wasn't like, I was reading manga, okay? I was reading the, the, the uh, moral, like the John PAJ, the moral development of the child. I was reading like 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 academic stuff, expand my brain, things like that. But and she's she's upset with me because she thinks I'm disrespecting her. I mean in a way I am. Your class is boring, I'm sorry. Okay. Right, but imagine if she grabbed the book and she like like chuck your book in the trash can. Well I'm saying like yeah, I, I get it. It's like what the heck? I'm a kid. You're an adult. Why do you have anger issue management? <laughs> It's like the point to where uh, the actions of a teenager would hurt your pride to a point where you would lash out in such a way. Disgusting, despicable. These people couldn't be teachers. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. She has a strong opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Next issue. Okay. Oh, this is, we already did that. Oh, like exciting. What is this one? Oh, for something? I think I have a question. Oh, but it's yeah. already safe. I don't oh, know. are you going to leave? No, I don't know if Kristen has her. No, uh, I pushed it back. Oh, yeah. Detailed plan for the next seven years. That, no, that's a trash question. That's too hard. I don't know. I'll move on. I don't think it's a real question. Okay, not very detailed, but like go to UVic, graduate. Um, I don't know what I would like to do, like either a master's or go to law school. I don't know what's better for me. Like, I think I'll decide it. I want to, like, during my time in Ubik, like use those three years, I learned German and do like my master's in Germany. And I started working on, yeah, on environmental related stuff, like, and yeah, like basically, I don't know, I feel like I got to get like really interested in the environment when I came to Canada, because in Mexico City, like I grew up like, Surrounded by concrete stuff, like stuff, you know, like tall buildings, walls, and whenever I even like walking to school and stuff, I would see like the trees and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, sometimes I really hope that I have things like back in Mexico City, and I really want to protect what's left of the environment. Mm -hmm. So, like, at my master's and work toward so like sustainability and stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the next seven years. Um... Well, my ultimate goal is to either way go into medical school, right? Mm -hmm. So my four, the next four years was to just me staying in university, study like science, right? Yeah, laugh, laugh more. Because the thing is, for seven years, 
That's 24 years old. <laughs> you yeah. don't get out of university. You don't. You're you're not not Oh, it's like 21. You're 21. Sorry, bad man. You don't go to university for seven years. This is an elementary school. Yeah, I for, I for, I'm just bad man. <laughs> I go to university, which is UP, and then I finish the life science course and get my bachelor of um, life, well, human physiology, if possible. And they go to Germany, go to the, um, the medical school within the Germany. Um, I want to study my full master's degree in there. And I want to specialize in either um, psychiatry or in carpentry. I'm really curious. Oh my god. Wait, can, can you just talk about why you're interested in going to more, 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 whatever, more than what I'm The petite more. So it's actually a, a French, like, colloquial like, slang for orgasm, too. The um, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they think orgasms are probably just like you think. Why did you want to do it? Is that what you wanted to do? Oh, why? No, okay, because you wanted to be a more to more to specifically on the head. Because I work for the ASIC surgeon. Yeah, why? Why? Why I want to become a carpet surgeon? Yeah, because I th- I thought it was intriguing besides the brain of what essentially functions like. Our brain, our, our body is our heart, right? Like if we don't have like our heart, you know, you know, ventilating it and just pumping out all the blood throughout our whole entire body, then our our system is shut down. If you support it for per se, like if our heart's like you know picking up, mm-hmm. then we do have our brain, but then like we won't be we're like our system shut down. Okay, okay. Our, I was just always interested in like just studying what the main system within our body. Well, there's also the element where my dad always get heart attacks. So as a child, I don't know to take this off. That's really cute. But um, as of now, I just want I just thought it was interesting to really study human body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I just think it's like, you know, I, I don't think about what what like what's inside us, like what it does, like the function of it. I only only started trying to study about our human body because it's ingrained in biology. Mm-hmm. I think there's just much more than just to be a heart. Yeah, I, I, I that's know. why I would want to like you know specifically study. Heart basic doesn't only consist of heart; it's also in the cardio, like in the heart and thoracic in the lung, uh-huh. as well as the um, area. I know this is gonna sound really creepy, but like, have you ever wondered all the past cultures whenever they did sacrifices, they would sacrifice the heart. Like uh-huh. mainly the heart instead of like all of the other organs. Like the brain or something, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like it was almost always the heart and I found that to be really interesting. Universal too. Mm-hmm. I think it's because like after that, like killing people was more prevalent, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, Arguably, but like I feel like it happened more often. Uh-huh. So like they probably understand that when you shoot the heart, you die quicker than if you shoot anywhere else. Something like that? Then you sacrifice your most vulnerable the most vulnerable part of you to the divine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the next seven years, I want to go to uni. I want to get my master's. Uh, and then I think, uh, I want to get my bachelor's. And then I, I think I want to get a master's in something. Because I feel like I don't really realize how much of a gift being able to sit down and study is. Like I talked to my dad a while ago and he's just pretending to put his hand down. So I feel like I can probably appreciate more because I'm not just taking it for granted. 
So I can probably study higher up and then I'll see what I could do after. I don't really have a detail plan, but I'll probably still be in school after seven years. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to go to um, business school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing a combined, I want to do a combined uh, major between computer science and uh, commerce. And afterwards, I want to go into consulting um, for a few years because it's a good way to start off your career. And afterwards, I don't know. I can either start my own business, uh, go in some virtuous startup company doing something that's going to help humanity, or I could go into teaching of some sort, mentorship, whatever I feel um, I would be able to achieve the most meaningful impact in. That's a very interesting point Kristen mentioned earlier today. And she said, I just hope I don't get lost in business school. I demand an answer for that. Oh, I said that I was scared that I would lose myself in business because the business culture is a rat race where everybody is just reduced to their most primal instincts. And it's all about survival. It's all about um, productivity. Yeah, it's, it's about trying to stand out at the expense of others. So, this, however, the culture is changing and getting more progressive with time. But I think, yes, I, I'm going to find my hardest to remain genuine to who I am. Yeah, I find that to be a really like, hard thing to navigate too. Because in the beginning, I, I wanted to be a sort of like humanitarian lawyer. That's what I wanted yeah. to be. I wanted to, you know, be at the forefront of like whatever common issue. But like, I feel like as I grow older, you become less and less caring about other people because like you're directly met with the responsibility to take care of yourself. And suddenly yeah. that becomes so much more important. But I feel like I want to push that back in some ways. And like, I hope when I look back on this, I'll be able to say that like I'm actually I'm actually making meaningful contributions with my humanity degree in some way or another. But I, I stand in the same position as Kelly because mm-hmm. like I am going to study economics, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's two aspects of it. Like you say with policy in, in general, I feel like with humanities, you can use the knowledge you've been given to exploit others, like to take advantage of others, like mm-hmm. to give. And I hope like I see myself in giving, in the giving aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a story that um, somebody who was a consultant told me. He worked for like one of the top firms in the world. And on the first day of his job, his boss uh, introduced him to his VP, the VP. And the VP at this specific company is um, a VP is an extremely high position. This person is a woman and it's incredibly rare at the time. And she said to him that, you know, this VP, her mother died last Friday and she's coming to work today, Monday. Her mother died literally three days ago, two days ago. And she's coming here to work like nothing happened. So at these old, uh, white tail and fail firms uh, and companies you lose yourself you have to choose work over family however i am positive what i've heard is the culture is changing in in the west coast in in consulting and tech where 
people realize the importance of family, so they're creating company structures where it's more relaxed. So I have hope for the future, but at the same time, it's very competitive to get there. And I want to remain human as much as I can. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, oh, wait, hold on. Christine, it's went to us, Christine. sir. What was your biggest struggle with relationships with IV? Yeah, you can see what my biggest struggle with relationships with IV people. I don't think there's much struggles. In fact, um, I don't think I have much care. I think the majority of people I had a relationship with within IV people were all from the closest friends. So then I didn't have much struggle to think that. Or if you're trying to talk about I mean, the IV people who I just like acquaintances I see, um, there wasn't really much of a struggle. I was like, have a conversation. Mm. If anything, um, I think one part of my biggest disadvantage or my weakness would be not very much a lot That's your biggest struggle. So, well, yeah, I feel like struggle is just a weird word to let you. Because I don't feel like I've had a struggle having a relationship with anybody in heavy. Just because I'm also the kind who's like non confrontational and I'm like, I just like hope that I can find the best in every situation. So I don't really see like, oh, I had a fight with this person, you know, I did bad. With one person or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about a which is why I also said I'm privileged and I don't want to change anything because, like, I literally live such a, like, a. Oh, privilege. You, you, you created the opportunities that you have. So I would say that I am very confrontational, I am very opinionated. So I do have run in run ins with people where, um, we would clash. I always win. I always come out on top. But they are becoming resentful. <laughs> Me, I don't think I have any struggle with something. I kind of like got after like some people. But again, I feel like it has its down and its upsides to it. It's like toxic productivity. Yeah. You know, like that's a thing I kind of started struggling with. Like as I started getting along with like kind of some type of people, because they would be like, oh. So you're not studying like during this time. Oh, okay. And I don't know, I just feel like it's gotten to me for like quite a long while. But I feel like at the end we're all different and like we all have different like priorities in life. So like if uh, your priority is to get like into a very competitive especially I don't know, engineering school, I I get that like you yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of one of the, like, I didn't have any struggle with anyone. Like, generally feel like I think people are really nice, but that's like the one thing, like, I, I would say, like, yeah, I struggle kind of with talking productivity. Mm -hmm. I think that, okay, I should just clarify. IB has been pretty much a great experience. Like, everybody's super nice and mm -hmm. supportive. Obviously, there is a toxic productivity aspect because everybody's just, so much momentum pushing towards this one uh, unified ideal of success and it can be like alienating to people who have a different idea of what success means to them. Mm -hmm. so, 
Wait, is it, is it? Oh, okay. Wait, damn, what's it? Oh wait, I forgot to, did I grab something? Oh yeah, I got something. Okay. If a person with power would be racist to someone in front of you, would you stand up, even though it may affect you later? I think this is a very like, hard to answer question in the sense that like, in an abstract manner, of course I would. Like, it's something everybody should do. Yeah. But also at the same time, like when, it, when you really, when it really happens, would you have the, would you have the reaction to kind of like be like, oh, this is what I'm saying, this is what I'm gonna do, like immediately instinctively. I feel like I'm, I can't say for sure that that's definitely what I'm going to be doing. But I feel like, yeah. I have the same answer because it's not like it's something that you're trained for. For instance, like a fire alarm rings, you know, okay, oh no, that's earthquake. You run under the table. Mm-hmm. You don't have simulations of, you know, racist. Also, what kind of uh, racism? Is it just a, a microaggression or, uh, you know, a police run in? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't want to say something for certain and hold myself to that because it's it's a very difficult burden to carry. And I just try my best. I think it's not only a burden; it's unrealistic to say that this is the definite answer. I think that's true. like you're not being honest. Also, you don't know like the situation you're gonna be with. Like, what if it's your first year of, and like you're in an interview, and uh-huh. the person interviewing you is the one who's just like. Um, maybe like a microaggression. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to have like the reaction time of like realizing what just happened? Maybe you're so nervous and like so concentrated on like this that you realize only until later. But I think this is a specifically calibrated situation. I think, realistically speaking, if if like. If the majority of us were to see this act occur, even if you stood up to this authoritative figure, even if in some way it like it like puts you in a dangerous position because they might do something bad to you or whatever, not when you have the job, it doesn't really matter. Like as a consensus in that community, people will recognize that you are the one who did the good thing. So in some ways the backlash isn't exactly like fully negative. This is more so I feel like this question is more so about like, do you do you treasure like you're like, are you more principled than you are selfish? Something like that. Honestly, depending on the situation, most likely I would do something different back. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I'll, I'll definitely try to, if somebody says something to my friend, I beat that person up right then and there, right? Mm-hmm. But, okay. <laughs> I guess if it's a person with power, the equation changes because I didn't, because I'm not a single existence, right? I have loved ones, I have family. So uh, any consequences to me would affect people around me. So I need to weigh the pros and cons and calculate what should I do and when, right? Mm-hmm. I can't just react by impulse mm-hmm. and like back my boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> it would increase the amount of victims to two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anybody have anything else to add? No. Okay. You get the dance. Okay. Uh, what are you? <laughs> okay. What? What are you? <laughs> 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 
What are you grateful for? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so much. What are you grateful for? <laughs> okay. okay. Um, grateful for myself. Nice. No, but I'm grateful for. I just am super lucky. I know uh, objectively I have experienced tough ta- tough times, but just something about uh, the alignment of my personality and the people around me and the experiences that are opened up to me that made it so that my pathway out of those dark times was much smoother and relatively quick than other people going through a dark time. So I, I yeah, I've just been grateful for life. I've been I'm grateful for everything that has happened. The bad, the good, the ugly. Yeah. I think I'm grateful for I don't know, for everything. Like as you look at it and like you know, you just wake up, I don't know, you have a bed to sleep in, you have like a roof to stay in. And like I can stay in my roof. <laughs> It's like a place to live in, and I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like even being able to walk to school like safely, that's something I kind of didn't have growing up in Mexico. You know, like it's not very common for you to like go walk to school. Like even though I hate it sometimes when it's rainy or snowy. You know, I appreciate that you have this calmness of like, okay, I can go to school by myself, I can move by myself. And I don't know, even the experience of like, and I don't know, just everything. As Kristen said, I feel like I've been super lucky of the people I've been able to meet and yeah, I don't know, just grateful for pretty much everything. What I'm grateful for? Well, I'm going to say I'm a spoiled kid. <laughs> there are people out there in the world out in hunger, close um, every single day, starving, and don't have water resources. I'm not, well, it's, it's true. Kids sitting here with their desire watch. <laughs> and there's people who's like sitting, like, you know, like people who's like, who's on the street and who's, who needs, who's struggling in life every day. And I'm here and I'm just complaining about how to get back. Like, I have privilege. So, um, I have to say, I have to be grateful for the opportunity and the privilege that I have and I have right now. And the everyday things I can access to and the education that I can, I can pursue my knowledge. I can pursue the education that I want to do and then living a life that is satisfying. And I think that it's something I can ignore and it's just funny, just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm grateful for. There's so many things to be grateful for every day. And I feel like there's something that's like putting me off. Yeah. And I think um, because of the situation that I put in, I get to meet great people out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an infinite amount of things that I could say that I'm grateful for. Everything. I'm, like, I'm grateful for everything. Everything. Even in this moment, I'm grateful for you guys being here, of being able to chill. Like, like there's literally not a single thing that you should be grateful for. Everything gives you an experience that helps you to grow in some ways, too. So, like, you know, <laughs> so, I'm grateful to my parents. Yes. Because I don't know why, but most of my friends that I have who we vibe on a deep level are all 
uh, first generation immigrants. I mean, we are all, you guys are all first generation. Wait, no, you, you are. Guys, no, you guys are immigrants, immigrants. I am first yeah. generation immigrants. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very grateful to my family. I just want to specify, thank you, mom. I think I'm okay. leaving to oh, okay. like in five minutes or something. Just yeah, I have like a kind of class later on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you're gonna dip now. Yeah, you go. Okay. Your parents have that. Okay. So it turns out that my mom and my sister were kind of And I think our child fits people to carry that picture. Do not know what I thought you should take. Yeah. What? Right? Yeah. We formed. Yeah. Uh, that was KKK, not KKK. No. Yeah. It's still recording though. Are you gonna? Anything else? Huh? Wait. Do you want to continue? Can we? I think there's yeah, I I'm like free the whole day, dude. Okay, yeah, I'm free too. I mean, this yeah. isn't gonna happen like I can ever. Yeah. So. Oh, it's got two kids. I didn't say bye. Okay. You're right. So, oh, okay. If you could go back in time, where would you go to? Why and what would you do? Like, would you stay there? I mean, we can think of this question however we want to think okay. No, you stop. So if I could go and come back, I would I would rather not go back in. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I think I'd probably want to go back in time, meet some sort of like cool historical figure just to see if we like romanticize like there. Like any form of like smart people in this room just because like the internet wasn't a thing and we weren't able to connect them as humans only as like pieces of knowledge that existed before us. Okay, so, we really romanticize any geniuses because as we know like all of these geniuses who made groundbreaking discoveries in uh-huh. the field of science and the arts uh-huh. are insane, okay? Yeah. Insanity and ingenious are tightly linked neurologically. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'm talking about the people who are like, like, what I've never understood is, you know that one story about like, what, what American president like chopped a cherry tree in his backyard? The Oh, don't get the story. Don't understand. What did he even do? I think maybe it's because I didn't grow up in the American education system, so like I don't have. Oh it. no! Because because he chopped it down, and then his dad or something was like, "Did you chop it down?" And he told the truth. Right, but that's such a dumb story. I tell the truth every day about something, and like you don't, people don't, you know, worship me just because I do not lie in an instance. Yeah. And I'm sure George Washington lied multiple times during his life. I don't think honesty is something that he probably latched onto either. As a president, of course that's not something you can do, you know? Like, you can't survive as a president that way. So I think in some ways I just like want to know, like I want to see where that barrier is. Of course there's like geniuses, but I'm not talking about like the truly intelligent. I'm talking about the people who we like take quotes from and are like, oh, like they're practically second genius. But then they're like, they're like not really. You know, I just want to see like what that, what that looks like. Or like they may look like they have done something good, but mm-hmm. they were acting on their selfish side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Okay, if it's just a, to go into history and view some events, I would love to go back to the Renaissance mm -hmm. and see the development of the art that I know. Yeah, and I don't just stay, yeah. And I, I want to stay there. Like, I wouldn't want to come back. Because it's about going. No, no, I, like, if they had modern toilets, I would stay there, but I just, that's the one thing I need. This is also why I don't like camping. I love nature. I love being nature but my god i will not go in that part of body so <laughs> so anyway yeah i would love to go to, back to the renaissance i want to see uh uh this isn't part of the renaissance but Dostoevsky, Nietzsche. i want to see what they were like i know they were absolutely insane but i want to see it for my own life <laughs> But if it's personally, I would like to meet you. Nietzsche Nietzsche would have wanted to meet you. <laughs> no, I know, and she, she speaks German yeah. and be able to communicate. But I just want to uh, watch him, watch him, you know, I just want to see uh, he, him doing his thing. And I want to see the moment near the end of his life where he, he embraces the force and is Feeling, bro. No, I okay. That's historical. If I were to go back to my past, I would go back to um, uh, maybe later on in my elementary school years to make myself pursue the passions that I would have pursued, but earlier, so I mm -hmm. could have gotten ahead. Sorry, mm -hmm. I think that's what I, I would have lived like more. Man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I was going to go to class. Yeah, I would also like be intrigued to see, I don't know, in general, like civilizations, especially ancient civilizations, capture my attention a lot. Mm. For example, like the Sumerians, like these great civilization like how would they develop so much like i would like to go there and like watch how like basically humankind on like a, a baby stage was working type of thing and i don't i don't know i, I don't think i would stay there yeah and like hmm like, like I, I want to too, but I feel like I can only do it in like Bob's point of view. Like I don't want to be yeah. there to live that life, you know? They're probably gonna eat me. Cannibalism is probably still a thing. You know? I mean, it's not, it's not it's a widespread accepted thing, right? Yeah. It's illegal like everywhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, yeah, I would also like to go, I don't know, like elementary school and like, being like more open to try new things, you know? Like, I don't know, if you wanna try horseback riding, go do that girl, like if you have the opportunity. And also like Kristen said, like we like. That's an interesting thing because whenever I talk to people, they never regret the things that they did. They regret the things that they didn't they do. They didn't, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I find that, like going back to do new things is kind of funny because like you could just start now because then two years later That's you look true. back and you'd be like I did that for two years like time builds up without you realizing it. Yeah, so I guess that's just what I'm trying to do now, which is mm -hmm. live life to the fullest, which is why I'm starting down podcast. Isn't there that one one saying where it's like best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago, second best time to plant it is now. No. Yeah, so, yeah, like honestly, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who turn is it to pick? 
I'll pick one and then I think I have to go because I have a session with a tutor I'm taking for Spanish.